welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, the podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Reese, and this evening I am joined by the collectors of Fountain City Sports Media, or I should say the investors of Fountain City Sports Media, the lifeblood of this podcast from whom all things are possible. From the heavens rains down their manna to keep us bringing the hottest takes, reviewing the dankest beers, and enjoying the best of the NFL and Kansas City. Uh, with me this evening are some familiar faces. We have uh, Sam Esquire Jr. Wait, no, what is it? Sam Kuyper Jr. Esquire. Armando always rips that one. Uh, we also have the Rad Russian, Alex Nikolenko. And uh, for the first time, Grace in this podcast is uh, Jojo Doom, Joel Guzman. Welcome, Joel. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. First time. All right, so... Uh, Armando, unfortunately, is not able to join us this evening because, uh, as we all know, he's got a little uh, two-week-old now at the house. I think he told me he's starting to get things in the sink. Uh, baby's starting to sleep at the night, all that good stuff. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for being here, fellas. Uh, Alex. Yes. Alex, uh, I'm going I'm to round the table with you since you've been on this podcast pretty recently. Also, are a supporter of Speedy and Angry. Heck, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go around the horn here, just ask some general questions to our fine, fine investors here. And uh, first question I'm going to ask is an easy softball question. So what do you like about the podcast? I don't know. I just I kind of like the energy that you and Armando bring. Like you guys are very good at playing off each other. It also helps that I've been on the good side of some of the arguments and ended up winning some of the arguments. Well, um, I like the regularity. Like, it's not like my phone isn't blowing up with notifications. Um, <laughs> there's some podcasters out there that post like every day and I can't do that. And Respect your privacy. Yeah, I mean, I know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the fact that you get like us on the podcast, whether it be through the Patreon or through the, uh, what was it? The draft special or whatever yeah. it was. Drafts on drafts. Yeah. Drafts on drafts. But yeah, I think, yeah, you guys are pretty open to <laughs> allowing others to come on the podcast, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I yeah. love having you guys on the podcast. I mean, that's one of the perks of, uh, yeah. you know, uh, being part of the, the, the Fountain Fantasy inner circle. Uh, Sam, let's go to you next. What do you like about the podcast? And don't, don't, don't hold back. You can, you can layer it on as thick as you want. Armando would want you to. Oh, yeah. I, 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 can't you know speculate as to what Armando would or would not want me to do. He probably um, would want me to be as brutally honest as possible because that's how how our relationship is. But no, I, I love this podcast. It's um, I haven't been to Kansas City that much, so I feel like I always learn something new about um, the area in uh, in each podcast, and I get great beer reviews, which is always good. Um, and also I, you know, have that itch to scratch when it comes to, um, football and talking football. And, um, you know, I, I derive great pleasure from listening to the coldest of takes that usually Armando spouts off on here <laughs> and take, taking it back to the group chat to confront him. And he's gotten in the habit. If you listen to the last few podcasts where he he'll say something. And then after that, he'll say, I'm sure Sam will bring something up. And I'm thinking in my head, you're absolutely right. I am going to do that. So ever vigilant, man. He knows that uh, he knows that big brothers always watch. I keep the receipts. You guys, you guys should know that by now. 
Yeah, Sam is not just an attorney. He's also our unofficial tax attorney, just the pure amount of receipts he keeps for this podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, Joel, so as the first time on this show, uh, you know, what's something you like about the podcast? You know, what, what keeps you what keeps you coming back to the Fountain family? I think it's uh, I think Alex said it. It's the playoff out you and Armando or hot take Mondo go at each other, you know, the friendly banter, not so friendly banter. Uh, and even, even some spicy stuff. I know you guys are like very biased with Kansas city sports, uh, but you also call out a lot of stuff. And uh, I know in our little group, we have uh, Colts fans, the Buffalo fans. And I, it's sadly to say Minnesota fans, um, but you know, <laughs> okay. <it's, All> right. <laughs> But it's also like you're you're driving a point home every single time, whether it's like, you know, upcoming schedule to what, you know, the flaws and upcoming different scenarios. I think it's really cool that you guys do incorporate a lot of Kansas City stuff and also little little pieces about yourselves. And the beer reviews are spectacular. I I do take a lot of recommendations from you guys. So um, now that I can drink, I'm done with Sober October. So, um, yeah. I'm making a list going after him. Dude, you guys have warmed my heart, much like this warm, warm 10% ale from Odell. It's delicious. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so kid gloves off now. Thank you for saying all those wonderful things on the podcast. I'm glad to hear that you guys enjoy the uh, beer reviews. You know, we do. Uh, I'm glad you guys enjoy the banter back and forth. Speaking of banter back and forth, because you guys have access to the Patreon content, yeah, has anyone here gone back and listened to any of season zero where Kyle was a was a host? I think when when I first met you, I think Kyle may have still been kind of a guest ish mm-hmm. regular. Yeah, hey, when he's the cameo host, yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta get Kyle back on the podcast in some way, shape, or form. He was on the, the congratulations video to Armando last week, but you know, uh, th- there's a hole in our heart, man. Back when we were all hiding in our closets during COVID, Kyle was there to keep us on the straight and narrow. But anyway, as I mentioned, enough with the niceties. Let's go around here and let's grill the crap out of this podcast. I know you guys got stuff to say. So investor question number two, what do you want to see improved or what do you want to see more of on this podcast? And and, and all bets are off. Whatever you want to say, please. We're we're open to suggestions. I don't really have anything that I can think of right now. I'm sure if somebody says something, it might. I might okay. you know, piggyback off of it. No, that's good. That's good. Sam, what do you want to see more of on this podcast? Well, you know, I get that it's a Kansas City podcast for made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans, of course. But, you know, this this reckless bias and um uh you know, this constant um hyping up of of Kansas City, even when when times are are dark and bleak. Um, You know, Armando has been pushing this narrative that, you know, he's not scared of of the Bills. Um, You know, they they didn't win impressively against the Packers. So he's not really worried. I'm like, are we forgetting that this is the same Kansas City Chiefs who a lost to the Bills at home and, and b lost to the sad sack Indianapolis Colts. Like, I mean, come on. 
So (laughs) fighting amongst our guests. (laughs) Hey, I didn't throw the first shot. That was that was uh, someone else who will rename remain nameless. But uh, no, you guys you guys do a really good job, um, at at least uh, in engaging with, I think, people who know Kansas City, who like Kansas City and also with people like me who aren't um, you engage uh, with me so that we can have these, uh, fun back and forth banter conversations and you do bring us on to get involved. So, um, that's a lot of fun. My only complaint is that I deeply and sorely missed drafts on drafts this past year. And, um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to do something, especially with the draft coming up in, in Kansas city. Yeah, absolutely. I'm i uh, I'm severely bummed as well. That we weren't able to do drafts on drafts. As you may recall, my dog was, Oh, goodness. Two months old at the time of the draft. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough time. Yeah, it was a uh, it was very difficult. I'll tell you what. He was a Tasmanian devil. I couldn't get a moment mm-hmm. of peace, let alone to, to watch the draft. I think my wife was working an event that night as well or something like single dog parent. But no, h- how much fun of a draft would it have been? We could have all been here when our, our good friend Buffalo Mike's team drafted a running back in the second round, man. Yeah, that would have been enjoyable to watch his head explode. <laughs> to say, uh, this is the early invitation. Drafts on Draft Three will be back in 2020, uh, and we'll we'll do some sort of crazy combination of live and video chat and live. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, all that advice, Joel. What would you like to see improved on the podcast, or what would you like to see more of on the podcast? Uh. I don't know. You guys do bring like cool guests on and you guys do like little sneaky ES all the time. I think you guys are killing it on the forefront though. Always talking about what's happening. Can't really complain. Just a lot of banter on this uh, fantasy league and everything, but, <laughs> and then the chiefs and everything, you know, the Colts and uh, we always get a little flu you know? So yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it in January, December time, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you brought up fantasy football league. Uh, does anybody <laughs> want to talk about their fantasy team right now? You have the floor. Well, I mean, Jonathan Taylor got hurt again today in practice. So. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Okay, oh, I'm not liable for any injuries held to any players that I trade away. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I just got no, some yeah. Nancy Carignan's knees. <laughs> yeah, no, his, he, that same ankle that he, that's been bugging him, he, tweaked it again in practice mm-hmm. so uh if anybody has a like rb3 that they're wanting to part ways with let me know because cordero patterson's on ir jt is questionable and everybody else on my team is on a buy it's running back gosh dang yeah i put a claim for the gus edwards gus bus i mean gus bus you probably don't want to tell Armando you put a claimant on him because with all of his like waiver wire power, he can just go in and snipe him even if he doesn't need him. You know, Reese, I'm glad you mentioned Armando and fantasy football because we as a community have to stand up to these trades that are being sent out. Justin <laughs> Jefferson for Tyler Algier, Pat Fryermuth, and Dante Foreman. Are you kidding me, you guys? Like this is this is too much. It stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have I have a good story. So in my other, so my my PT fantasy league, somebody tried to get DeAndre Swift. I think it was for there's like two nobodies. 
The Armando method, you mean? (laughs) Basically, yeah. And it was like, we all immediately were like, can can you cancel this? Because this is crap. It was like Adam Thielen and... Which I know he's he's your boy Sam, but he's he's a better player than he is a fantasy player. Yeah, that's a yeah. way to put it. Yeah, at this God. stage of his career, for sure. How old is Adam Thielen now? 30? He's I think he's in his yeah. mid to early thirties oh. at this point. I'm just kidding. It was it was so somebody was going to trade DeAndre Swift for Ryan Tannehill and Pacheco. Oh, I know. Pacheco, we, we were like, no. we, we were like, uh. Can can we um can we veto that? And we did. Just that was one crappy trade. Problem is Armando's commissioner of this league, right? So like we can't really downvote what he does because he has all the power. He controls the vertical and the horizontal. We are a culture of accountability. No one is above the law. <laughs> fair, fair. Let's take a take a look at the league standings really quick. Uh, all I know is Armando's in last. I'm in second to last. Oh wait, no, I'm in third to last. Who's Washington? Who's Washington? Commas. Commies. I think that's. Oh, it's it's Will. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah, my my team isn't doing too bad. I I'm riding the peaks and waves um, and valleys of the Bengals' offensive line for whether they want to give Joe Burrow any time to throw the ball. But yikes. Other than that, I've been happy with Diggs and Waddle, so I can't complain too much. Aren't you on a four-game winning streak? I sure am. Oh, bro. Wow. One in three. I, seriously? Wow. Goodness. Uh, I, have, uh, I have AJ Brown, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry in my other league. Wow. You got Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry? Yep. <laughs> Good gracious. Damn. Yeah. What? I'm, uh, I'm hurting right now. I am last place in points scored by almost like a complete game. My team just has not showed up with any consistency this year whatsoever. It's been tough. I mean, like, that's, that's why I asked last game if Pickens got injured, you know, just because, like, I eventually put him in because he had been killing it for being, like, a flex guy. So, yeah, he had a game, three out of four games. He had 13-2, 11-3, 4-3, and 15-1. I put him in this last week, zero. Zero receptions, zero <laughs> targets. Why? I mean, I know they played Philly, who is, according to Debbie, the worst team in the league. But <laughs> how do you not just, like, huck the ball up towards Pickens? Yeah, they really struggled, but I think I think there are better days ahead. They just traded Chase Claypool, so that's going to I think open up some opportunities for Pickens to get on the field more often. So I think I think hopefully if if Pickett can figure things out and be halfway decent, then then you might be in for a better future outlook. Ooh, I like that. I appreciate you giving me some like hope there because I have a six percent chance to make the playoffs, which you know I'm not expecting playoffs anymore, but like I just don't want to be dead last. Did we ever decide a dead last trophy or something like that for this league? I don't think so. Some other leagues that I'm in, I think one, they they did a poll where it's you could either do like the the Waffle House or IHOP that you sit in there for 24 hours and every pancake or waffle that you eat takes an hour off. Others wanted like a spray tan or a beer mile, but (laughs) spray tan. Oh, spray tan. We've been talking about having the the loser um, enter into a like Oct- body it's like a body <laughs> oh a bodybuilder competition yeah and just yeah. like go in with a spray tan and just pose <laughs> yeah with my dad bod absolutely yeah. dude yeah no we, on my other league we were saying that uh, a big stuffed uh animal and you had to take him to a bar and you have to pay for its food and give them drinks <laughs> for the whole for the whole night you're stuck with this stuff like teddy bear or whatever it is 
and you have to do it like till the end of the night. So that's pretty good. I like that idea. Fun and safe. So I just last thing I'll talk about before I move on from this, but my my, my scoring out outputs the last four weeks. 90.1, 74.72, and 85.6. Imagine so, losing to me because of the Bears defense. Dude, that <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, oh man. That that final drive, I'm like, okay, guys, I'm like, you, you got the lead back by point six. Just don't throw like your fifth pick of the night in a pointless game where you're down 30. And what does Zappy do? He's just like, yeah, I don't want the ball. You take it. Uh, anyway. But now, from the fantasy into the reality here, I want to talk about what's going on in the NFL right now. It's been kind of a kind of a weird season. I think we can all agree up at this point. I know normally we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, ad nauseum on this pod, but because we have such a diverse portfolio of teams here, uh, I want to talk about everybody's team in particular. And uh, I want to start with you, Sam, and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm just going to throw a few questions out your way. First of all, TJ Hawkinson getting picked up at the trade deadline yesterday was kind of a surprise move that, you know, you don't see too many of these intradivisional trades, especially for star players or people that could be a star player like Hawkinson. What do you think the addition of Hawk brings to the table for the Vikings? Well, I, I was going back and forth about, you know, what the motivation for this was. Is it is it a win now choice? Is it a, a kind of future outlook Um you know, our, our GM, Quasi playing chess, you know, long term. And I think the reason why I like it so much is that it, it feels like it's both because Hawkinson, I think, is better than Irv Smith. Um, Irv Smith is a guy that has a lot of tools but hasn't really done much. Um, he has struggled to get open and get separation a lot of the season, and now he's hurt. So in the immediate you know, fallout from this, he's an upgrade over Irv when Irv is healthy, and Irv isn't healthy, so he steps in as the number one tight end. And that would have been... Uh, Johnny Munt, who I would be surprised if either if, if anybody in this uh, chat recognizes that name. He's been OK, but he's a depth piece. He's not uh, a guy that you want um, being your tight end one. But also Hawkinson is, I think, 25. So he's still pretty young. And I think what a lot of Vikings fans are hoping for is that he's going to be this younger reincarnation of Kyle Rudolph and that he's going to help this offense. Uh, he's going to be a better run blocker and um, he's going to really uh, dig down deep those Iowa roots um, and and uh, hopefully help this team out. Yeah. Something to point out, too, is I didn't realize this. Is Irv Smith really only six foot two? Yes, he's he's a little undersized. And that was kind of the the pitch when he was drafted, that he's one of these hybrid tweeners um, that could create mismatches. The only problem is he hasn't he hasn't been beating linebackers. He hasn't been beating safeties, um, which hopefully Hawkinson will, will do a little bit better of a job of doing that. Yeah, Hawkinson's a bigger body. He's like six five, two forty five, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's 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 one of those corn fed Iowa kids, you know. Oh, yeah. He's basically Kittle with curlier hair. So, yeah, he's really grown it out. He's embracing the Viking culture already. Ah, good point. Very good point. Yes. I like that. So he's a guy. He's a guy to watch out for coming uh, coming on forward. Now, here's my big question for you. The NFC has kind of been a big surprise. A lot of the teams like the Rams and the Packers that people thought were going to dominate 
even the Buccaneers, you know, it's like I think all three of them are sitting below 500 at this point, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think they're all below 500. Okay, so the next question is, are the Minnesota Vikings a serious threat in the NFC? A serious threat? Uh, I think we're still waiting to to see whether or not they can, you know, challenge the likes of Philly and and I think Dallas should be in that conversation. I think Dallas is, you know, as overhyped as they are most years. I, I feel like they're underhyped right now. But yeah, with that power vacuum, the Vikings are very well situated to go and, and make a run. And you never know what can happen in, in the playoffs. All you need is a few things to break your way. And um, especially if the Vikings can get home field, they, they really do have a home field advantage at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, then you're talking about a team that that maybe could could put a run together. But the, the only problem with that is the thing I think that would derail the Vikings, the matchups that, that they struggle with are when really talented edge rushers are on the other side of the field mm. and they, they make Kirk cousins jumpy. He's really bad when the play breaks down, he's not good at improvising. And we're looking at the, the 49ers with Bosa. We're looking at the Eagles who um, just traded for Robert Quinn and we're looking at um, the Cowboys with Micah Parsons, who I think has been the defensive player of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not great. I, I don't know if they're quite at that level, but we'll see because they play Washington. Kirk Cousins revenge game. Got to love it this this week. Um, and then they are at Buffalo and home for Dallas. So we'll see, I guess, kind of where this team is and whether or not they belong at that top tier. Oh, man, I didn't. Yeah, I forgot the NFC North's got the uh, AFC East this year, don't they? Yep, and the NFC East as well, but we already ripped the Band-Aid off against Philly, so we don't have them left. It's it's just the other three teams. Okay. Yeah, you got a good measuring stick coming up for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. They're not, they're not short on talent. We talked about it in the group chat. They got what, between Cook, Hawkinson, Thielen, uh jefferson i feel like i'm forgetting somebody in that group but i mean you got a bunch of pass catchers yeah kj osborne has played pretty well um so they they've been playing but i will say one of the best players so far this year has been christian derisaw who we reacted to live for the drafts on draft a few years ago when he was picked he's been he's been great i think he's pffs i know the pff is not loved on this podcast but he's their, their third highest ranked tackle he's played very very well I trust the waiter at P.F. Chang's when I trust P.F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my eye test has said he's played very well. How about that? <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. I do like the eye test. They got they got to pass the eye test. So I'll have some more questions of the Vikings uh, coming up later. But, Joel, I'm going to move to you now. We're going to talk about our hometown Kansas City Chiefs here. This is just going to be kind of a, a softball question to start things off. Tyreek Hill's obviously tearing up in Miami right now. He's closing in on 1,000 yards, and he's on pace to smash his uh, single-season reception record by at least 30 receptions. Uh, but the big talk was, how would Patrick Mahomes deal without Tyreek Hill being a security blanket? So my question to you is, what grade would you give the offense seven games into the season? Oh, I'm going to give it, oh, man, I want to say an A or B plus. I mean, it's a new group of guys, you know, Travis Kelsey is going to be all reliable. And I think it's just like the, even Juju, he's second in a wide receiver and then it's MBS, but 
like Patrick is trying to set the tone of like, hey, everybody's going to get get the ball. I mean, our tight ends are fully socked and everything, but there's still, I mean, the remaining of the season, I mean, we just got to get the run game like going and then hopefully like Juju Hardman needs to step up. I know he had a great game against the number one defense, you know, and uh, we need to see more of that. We can't rely on hero ball with Patrick Mahomes. So everybody's saying about Tyreek Hill, like, oh, he would have been great. He would have been 10 times better with Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of great that we don't have that Hail Mary. Tyreek is down there, you know, but actually checking down a little bit more. So I, I'll give it an A minus B plus. I think it's a pretty fair grade so far. I mean, they are technically the number one scoring offense in the NFL points per game, I believe. So it's it's been pretty it's been pretty impressive, minus that complete just absolute train wreck of a game against the Indianapolis Colts, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. We move over to Alex, but uh, you mentioned the run game that made me wonder uh, who do you think is going to be the biggest contributor to this run game going forward, and why is it Isaiah Pacheco? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Pacheco season all day. I mean, they just got the bye. Pacheco is like a cannon getting shot out. He runs aggressively. And then I think Clyde's going to fall back a little bit. I think they seem like, hey, the cuts that he's trying to make aren't working. Pacheco's like fully devoted. You know what? I'm going to take on four defenders. And everybody around him rally up behind him. You know, he's 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 solid. He's young blood. Like Travis Kelsey said, these are new guys coming in. It just revamps the, the offense. A young and you'll see later Peterson. on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, dude. From AP to IP, man, it's it's meant to be. I just I can't in good yeah. conscience sit idle while that comparison's made. I'm sorry, Reese. Is Peterson still in the league? No, no he's yeah. just done. Oh, nuts! I was gonna say it's like part of me just like yo, pick him up in the practice squad, activate him to the roster, just have him like teach Isaiah all of his secrets and just like unlock Super Saiyan. Oh, I'm shaking his head. All right, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> One last question I have for you, Joel, is uh, the Chiefs were relatively silent at the trade deadline yesterday. We traded a mm. uh, veteran cornerback Rashad Fenton for a seventh round pick at the 11th hour, which we've talked about is kind of addition by subtraction since he was a walking pass interference waiting to happen. <laughs> but how yeah. do you feel about Kansas City not making an acquisition at the trade deadline? Uh. I, I really thought we were going to pull like a pass rusher. I really wanted a pass rusher. Uh, but the Fenton one, I could see that it makes sense. I, I hear that. That's why they had to trade him so they could make room for Trent McDuffie on the 53-man roster. But, I mean, if you take Fenton away, we're not we're not really hurting. There is still free uh, agents available. I know everybody says, you know, Sue is out there. Uh, Malik Jackson he used to be uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, some talks with that, but I just really hope that they beef up that defense. Uh, that Fenton trade, I know, I, in Veach we trust, man. In Veach we trust. <laughs> I I completely understand the seventh round pick and then releasing cat space. So yeah, it's all good. Good point. I didn't, I didn't realize that Dominican Sue was still pretty impressive. I mean, that's your guy. Yeah. You, you got the Huskers hat on and everything, Sam. I know. I, I wanted the Vikings to go after him. I don't think they had the cap <laughs> space to make that work. But Sue, Sue, I think, would be a nice boost to a, a team who's making a playoff run, who who needs a little help on the interior. So I, I could see him being a nice fit in Kansas City. Yeah, I'd be excited. To yeah, have him. I'd be excited to have him. 
You, he, you might get away with, you know, him taking a cheap shot at Josh Allen, like giving him a kick, stepping on his hand, because that's apparently Sue's M.O. So, you know, those Nebraska kids, you can't trust them. Dude, exactly. <laughs> or do you think that, like, he has some sort of, like, V-chip in his head that won't allow him to do something for somebody who was, like, coached by Craig Bull? Yeah, that's 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 fair. The whole, like, Nebraskan can't hurt a Nebraska-adjacent person. I'll look into that. I'll look into that. Do some research. Get R&D on that. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about allergy cough this week. It's been bad. Oh, it's been bad. All right, Alex. So, coming into the season, the Indianapolis Colts were a sexy pick to win the AFC South. Jonathan Taylor Thomas coming off a historic rookie campaign in which he almost eclipsed 2,000 yards rushing and took the NFL by storm. A number one ranked overall fantasy football draft pick by many people, including some fools on this podcast named Reese. <laughs> How do you feel about the Colts offense so far? Well, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but yesterday they fired their O coordinator. Didn't catch that. Yeah. But offensively, I was disappointed in Matt Ryan. I was hoping that he had a little bit more gas in the tank like Philip Rivers did. Like yeah. even old man Rivers, who was about as mobile as Joe Burrow, Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he looked better than thirty-seven-year-old Matt Ryan or whatever he is. I don't know. I just I found it kind of disappointing, just because like they have Jonathan Taylor. I'm sure he was injured, but like after that first week against Houston, where he like hopped off for like sixty yards on their last drive, it's just been like he's been non-existent. It feels like Frank Reich was trying to force passing because he had such a big name in, in uh, Matt Ryan, and he's paying for it. Sam Ellinger last week, other than his fumble in the red zone, looked solid for never having started a regular season game. Like I said earlier, Jonathan Taylor is now injured again. Michael Pittman has been kind of, he's like a big name, but he's not been as influential as I expected him to be. Yeah. Um, did Pittman have that big drop uh, last week? Did he? I don't know. I didn't watch the game. Oh, I was watch the game. Oh, okay. No, I was. <laughs> I was he said yes. He, he was throwing that dime at the end of regulation, right? Yeah, they were. They were trying to get into field goal range, and um, the ball hit him right on right right in the hands, and he was close to the sideline, I think, so he could have gotten out, but he he dropped it. It was a tough day for Pittman. It was. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I feel like. They just they just dealt Naheem Hines to the Bills, which I was shocked because he was such a big part of their passing game. So, yeah, it's been disappointing, I guess. So you kind of mentioned it. My next question to you, uh, are you worried at all about JTT hitting a sophomore slump? Do you think this is kind of like a team effort of attrition that's also just kind of affecting him because everyone knows that like he's the one real weapon on the offense. Or do you think that there may have been some gold last year with JTT? What's your, what's your diagnosis on what's going on? Well, he's in his third year. So third year. Yeah. Junior year. Excuse me. So, you know, I really want to hope that it was not fool's gold, but like we've seen their offensive line couldn't protect a fly and so that's also made it pretty difficult like last year they had like one of the best offensive lines in the year even when they weren't on their best game like he was still doing crazy things so i'm hoping that he's just having an off year because of this uh, ankle injury but if it's full as gold and he's uh 
not the real deal, then I will never hear the end of it from Armando. <laughs> yeah, especially as Derrick Henry's like killing it right now. I know he was Derrick Henry's biggest fan. I just got a couple more questions for you going on then. Uh, so I know you said that they benched Matt Ryan, uh, brought in Sam uh, Ellinger. It's Ellinger, right? Ellinger. Ellinger, I'm sorry. So I'm going to guess he's probably not the answer going forward to quarterback after this season. He's probably a stopgap, yeah? You know, so from what I've heard is it from my buddy, I had a buddy that played at K-State and he played against Texas when Sam was there. And he was good at Texas, but he wasn't like amazing. So I don't know if it's, yeah, like you said, like a stopgap. I'm hoping it is. They also have Nick Foles, which I know he's getting old. Mm, Super Bowl uh, champion Nick Foles. Put some yeah. respect on the man's name. Large Nicholas Nicholas. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, sir. So, yeah, I don't know. There's not, uh, I guess the, this draft right now, the way it's looking, there's like quite a few projected first round picks. So, I don't know. Maybe they trade up for a quarterback. My guess is Frank Reich will be gone after this season and Chris Ballard will be on the hot seat. I'm hoping that he can do something this year to prove that he's an NFL ready quarterback, but faith in him is kind of low right now. Man, I think they'll get the Lamar Jackson lottery. Doubt it. Okay. Fair enough. Short and sweet. Doubt it, doubt it, doubt it. Well, thanks for answering these questions about your respective teams, fellas. Uh, it's going to bring a lot of insight going forward. But speaking of respective teams, uh, we're going to play a game here. Oh, like heck one, yeah. Like, like OG Sports Nation sort of thing. I'm obviously Michelle Beadle uh, in this situation. So the, the game is called Is This For Real? And uh, essentially, I'm going to list off a bunch of teams that the question is, are they for real? And you have to say yes or no. And you also have to support your argument. So you can't just be like, oh, I don't like the Cowboys. Okay, yes, that doesn't count as an explanation. So, starting with the only undefeated team left in the NFL, Sam, are the Philadelphia Eagles for real? The Eagles are for real. Um, the NFC is down. Um, I know that the Eagles really haven't played anybody um, big, but, uh, I mean, outside of the Chiefs and the Bills, would any win that the Eagles have impress you? So... They've beaten every opponent that has been put in front of them. Jalen Hurts looks really good. Um, he actually looks like he's developed as a quarterback. And um, they their defense is, is adequate. Um, they, I think, might struggle when, you know, a, a more elite-tier quarterback uh, plays against them. But where are the elite-tier quarterbacks in the NFC right now? They're in the basement. Um, so I think Philly definitely is for real, and, and I would give them the inside track right now to, to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I like that take. Jalen Hurts has made a huge step forward. And I know I I would be remiss if I didn't mention Armando's A.J. Brown has been very, very good. Very good so far. He tore it up last week against Pittsburgh. He did. That was, that was pretty brutal. All right. Uh, Alex, are the Eagles for real? Yes or no? Uh, can I say maybe? I'll take maybe, but I need an explanation. Okay. So I think that they haven't like they haven't played anybody that is like a Super Bowl contender yet. But I also think that they're with the weapons that they have, 
and the way that Jalen Hurts has been playing, that he could they could probably be contenders. Okay. So it remains to be seen, I guess. That's fair. Their schedule's still so weak. It's like yeah, they play Indy in a couple weeks. I think two weeks. That's how you know it's weak when Indy's on it, right? Yes. <laughs> I, at the beginning of the season, I would have said differently, but right now, right. yeah. What's tricky is that all their hardest games remaining are basically all NFC East teams, which I think are all kind of questionable. So it's just like... Yeah. Right. The Cowboys, I believe, but the Giants, I'm still skeptical about. The Giants play hard, but they're not... And like if, if that's a question, Reese, I guess I'll wait for my analysis, but... Even all that, right, we'll, that, we'll come back in a second. Yeah. Uh, Joel... Are the Eagles for real? Man, Hertz is putting on a show, man. He's, you know what? He allows to just contain him in the pocket. He's going to scatter. He can't throw it. He'll double down. He'll throw it at A.J. Brown's having a great season. Uh, but that defense, that defense is a little scary, man. That that defense is actually putting out a show. I agree. That's a surprisingly improved defense. I, I, w- I would never thought like in the beginning of the season like oh philadelphia i thought kelsey would be degrading down you know mm-hmm. that line is a, a good chemistry with jalen hurts i mean man and just adding an aj brown to the team and you have a great tight end too that's pops up here and there uh they know how to utilize everybody it's, it's very surprising it's it's crazy but i think they might emerge i'm, I'm calling it out i think they they might they might win the NFC. All That's right. my little hot take. <laughs> no, I love your little hot take. AJ Brown was huge. I didn't. I thought he was kind of overrated. You know, like a lot of wide receivers are, especially after leaving Tennessee last year. You know, not really making much noise, but right about a renaissance of being in the right situation. So let's just do this. We'll group together the next two teams. I think you can probably guess who's coming here. Uh, Joel, we'll keep it with you. Are the Giants or the Cowboys for real? Man, I think Cowboys are in limbo. I think they could be real. Uh, Giants, I don't have any faith. But Cowboys, if Dak Prescott gets everything situated, he he has weapons around him. Lamb, Gallup coming back from injury. He has Zeke and a great, reliable handcuff running back. Pollard, you just seen last game, just demolish. Um, And that defense, that defense is winning games whenever Dak was out. They're they're the real deal. I think they're going to be the biggest contender with you know Philly, but yeah, Giants. I have no faith in. I think down the road you're going to need defense to step up and a quarterback. And I don't think Danny Dimes is going to outlast the weather. You know when it comes to December time, and they have no wide receivers, <laughs> no wide yeah. receivers at all. <laughs> Even so, now that we got Tony from, yeah. Hmm. All right, so we got got a yes in the Cowboys and no in the Giants? Yep, yep. All right, Sam, are the Cowboys or the Giants for real? Uh, I'm going to say yes on the Cowboys. I will will note that since Dak has been back, they've beaten the Lions and the Bears, which neither of those wins are very impressive. So I do kind of want to see Dak. Um, I don't know who they play this week, but I do want to see him – um, in a situation where he has more pressure on him to, to do stuff. But I, I do like um, the 
the team around him, their offensive line does worry me a little bit, but um, I, I do agree that their defense is, is legit. I said earlier that Michael Parsons is my pick for defensive player of the year so far. He's been um, insane. And um, I'll say, I'll say yes on Dallas. I think that they can be a team in the thick of things down the stretch. Um, and the giants I'll, I'll also um, side with Joel and say, no, um, I think what Brian Dable has done there is incredible with the roster that they have. I love seeing Saquon come back. I just don't think they have players and they don't have the quarterback and that's going to be tough to win games down the stretch. And you saw they, they can beat teams and play hard and luck out, but they can lose to middling teams as well. Um, so I I'm out on the giants and, and I'll say I'm in on the Cowboys. Okay. Okay. You know, one thought I had is, is it possible that Dallas is maybe just the same Dallas they always are, which is like a top four to five team in the NFC with not enough to get over the hump? You might be right, but the the NFC this year is so bad that I think that, you know, there's no Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady there. Now, granted, the last time... Uh, I think the Cowboys were in the playoffs. They lost to Jimmy G, right? So it's not like they, they lost to a, a bonafide contender. But still, I'm, I'm just – I'm looking around. I really like their their pieces on defense, and there's not a whole lot uh, in the NFC that, that gives me pause to say that they're at least going to be a contender that we're talking about down the line. That's fair. Yeah, there's not a final boss in the NFC this year, it doesn't seem like. Uh, it just seems like there's a bunch of contenders in the NFC. I, I would agree. All right, Alex, you, Cowboys, Giants, real? No. So when we were talking about Philly earlier, uh, the one game that I forgot to mention was the – they played Dallas, right? The first Dallas game was like a Monday night game or something like that, Sunday night yep. game. They played against Cooper Rush and almost blew that game. Good boy. And, Good boy. And so that's why I'm maybe with Philly. But for Dallas, I'd like to see Dak beat a big name – quarterback and then i will say yes but right now it's still maybe just all the nfc for me is maybe the giants have saquon who's really good i don't know if dan jones is the truth yet especially because he has like he's they've beaten some teams with basically no roster i think if their defense steps up they could be second in that division but right now i'm gonna say no I mean, Saquon's been tearing it up, but just like last year with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, like mediocre quarterback, great running back, and they still couldn't get it done. The Colts had a good defense last year, too, to be honest. But they did. They did. And the Colts still have a pretty good defense this year, as we've talked about. I yeah. think the most difficult thing in being able to gauge the uh, NFC East right now is the fact that the divisions they drew, I think Sam alludes to, is the NFC North and the AFC South, which are arguably the two weakest divisions in the NFL this year. So it's like, it's like, yeah, they're eating a lot of wins, but it's hard to gauge when, I don't know, Dallas' schedule. It's like, I got a stretch here where it's going to be Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, you know? It's must be nice. Must be nice. Well, okay, yeah. let's move from the East to the West here. Uh, NFC West has been a really interesting division this year. The Cardinals are not taking the step forward. Uh, Kyler has not answered the call of duty. Uh, the Rams have taken a big <laughs> step backwards here. Not uh, living up to the lofty expectations of champions. However, 
Geno Smith has been having a resurgence in Seattle, and the San Francisco 49ers are showing some signs of life as of last week. So, Alex, sticking with you here, Seahawks, 49ers, real or not real? So I'm going to make a hot take and say that uh, Geno Smith is not quite elite, but he's he could be there. Wow. I don't think that the Jets and I forget who else he played. Was it Denver? No, it wasn't Denver. I'll, I'll research that while you keep talking. So, so he played for a really crappy Todd Bowles Jets team. Um, it might have been the Giants. Was it the Giants? It might have been the Giants after the Jets, but I'm not sure about that. I think that he could be an elite quarterback if he stays with Pete Carroll. The way that he's played and just being forced into that role and having to follow in Russ's footsteps, and now they're small footsteps because you know he's a small guy. <laughs> but still, he did win the, hey, the Super Bowl. I mean, he's got DK, Chris Carson retired. And I feel like, so he's got a couple weapons and he's still been balling out. I think that they could be the real deal. And then San Francisco adding Christian McCaffrey was huge. And he balled out last week. But I'm afraid of that injury bug. That's fair. I mean, he's been pretty injury prone. Well, that and they just traded Wilson to the Miami Dolphins yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, I just picked up Jeff Wilson, actually, while, while we've been on this. Just because I need a running back right now. Good snag. Good yeah, snag. you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. I dropped him. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I, Debo was out, so I had a Wilson. was first on my list, so I was like, damn. So. Yeah. Well, um, then in the spirit of charity uh, for dropping that running back, <laughs> so Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks and Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers, are they for real or are they fake? I don't know. I think uh, Seattle, in my opinion, I think they're going to flunk the ship. Oh, yeah? Gino's going to take him across the finish line. And I do have faith in San Francisco. Jimmy G is going to be Jimmy G. He just reminds me of Alex Smith so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the turno- turns over a lot. But adding Christian McCaffrey, having a solid defense, which the Chiefs crushed, which I love. Um, they just... I think they're gaining momentum and adding Debo to the mix with Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey could throw for a touchdown, you know? It's it's all these options and all these toys to play with. And Ayuk is coming out of the shadows as well. I think they're going to overtake it. I don't think – and Pete Carroll's that old-school guy where it's like, oh, we're going to just run the f- football. We have Kenneth Walker. We're just going to run it down their throats. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's great for the first, like, four games when you're going at it. But then he's going to – it's going to be wear and tear, you know? And using DK Metcalf as well and Tyler Lockett, it's like, can Gino keep it up for the whole season? I don't have faith in that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then, Sam, going to you then, here's something interesting about Geno Smith, just to give you a little bit of a a starting point. Geno played with the Jets for four years, the Giants for one year, the L.A. Chargers for one year, and now he's been with Seattle since 2020. Do you think it's possible that Seattle is for real and Geno just took this long to get cooking because he's been on a bunch of dumpster fire franchises up to this point? And also, are the 49ers for real? Uh, I'll say that the Niners are real. I know that the Chiefs put it on them, but San Francisco was in that game until a, a mind-boggling, stupid interception at, at 
in the red zone by by Jimmy G. And, you know, he's going to do stuff like that. But their defense is getting healthier. Um, They're going to get this offense up and running where they can hurt you in so many different ways. Um, And Garoppolo is maybe a little limited, but I have faith that he's going to be able to, to run this offense well enough. And you're talking about Debo and Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and Kittle. That's, that's a really solid arsenal uh, of weapons for, for Jimmy G. And if we know anything, it's that Jimmy G with weapons is possibly the most fearsome beast in the entire NFL. So um, I I will say that I think the Niners are real. The Niners are one of those teams that I don't want the Vikings to potentially play in the playoffs um, just because their, their pass rush is, is so good and they can get uh, pressure with just sending four guys. Seattle. I appreciate what, what Pete Carroll has done. I think it's great what Gino has been able to do. And I'm, I'm really happy that they own Denver's picks and that they basically sold Russ at an all time high price, despite his stock actually being in the cellar, like good for them. But I just don't know if this is sustainable. I they're relying on a lot of young guys on the backside of this defense. And I don't know if they have the guys up front who can consistently get after quarterbacks. And then, yeah, will Geno eventually come back down to earth? Is this, you know, a Case Keenum type season where he just keeps going and doesn't stop um, until eventually deep in the playoffs, he he finally falls apart? Maybe. But I'm more tempted to think that Seattle is going to run into some problems when they face more NFC West teams, when they play the Niners and, you know, the Cardinals as, as bad as they've looked at times. And as much as we like to make fun of Kyler and rightfully so they're still dangerous with, with Hopkins back. So I I would love to see Seattle make the playoffs mostly because I think that that's a better matchup for Minnesota than San Francisco. Um, But I guess uh, we'll wait and see. I, I would be happy if they were a playoff team, but I just don't necessarily see it. Okay. That's fair. So it all sounds like we think that uh, it might turn back into a pumpkin for Seattle. The San Francisco 49ers, uh, although a little disjointed with not a great record right now, have a lot of weapons and could easily turn it around by season's end. Great. So I got two more teams here, uh, one of which we're not going to talk about. The first being the Tennessee Titans. I think we're all in agreement here that the Titans will go as far as the GOAT Malik Willis will take them. Uh, So, you know, let's... Let Malik barbecue, as they say, in Nashville, and uh, we'll see what happens to the Titans. Otherwise, the last team to talk about, Joel, I'll start this one with you. Uh, they've been kind of hanging around. Uh, they're not getting a lot of hype right now, but they just blew out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm talking about Lauren Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Are they for real, or are they pretenders? Uh, I'm going to say I'm, I don't think they're contenders. Uh, I love Lamar. I, I got to give it to him. But no wide receivers at all. Marquise Brown out. DuVernay is flashing a pot. And also, they, you know, like they they have no running back core. Nothing. And it's kind of hard to give Lamar that space and try to throw it. It's The only reliable guy is Mark Andrews, and he's out, you know. And I do like their backup tight end, though, likely. I think he's very, very talented. But 
I don't think Lamar is going to sustain it through and through coming up with this, you know, matchups when they face Bills, Chiefs. And I don't think they're top tier juggernauts at all. All right. So we got pretenders on Baltimore. Sam, what do you think? Is Baltimore for real or are they fake? You know, I could I could argue either side of this one. I think there's a part of me that says, you know, could they contend? Um yeah, I guess. I think that they're good enough to make the playoffs. I think that they're a little more consistent right now than Cincinnati is, which every time I think Cincinnati's got things rolling, they deteriorate. And I don't trust the Browns or Steelers in that division either. Uh, they've had some really close games against teams in the AFC that we think are good. But ultimately, on the subject of the AFC, I think this is the only AFC team we've talked about. And being a contender means that you're going to be able to beat the Bills and or the Chiefs. And I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. I guess the benefits that we talked about all those NFC teams is that they didn't have those Goliaths standing in the way. And if you're going to be a true contender in the AFC, those are the two teams that you're going to have to think, can we beat them? Now, at the same time, I'm thinking this time last year, would I have said that Cincinnati would have been able to beat either of those teams? No. And weird things happen in the NFL and they got lucky with matchups and they um, beat the Chiefs in, in the AFC championship game and made a run. So there's that part of me that says, could Baltimore figure this out? Sure. But I'm, I'm going to say no, just because. Right now, I'm I'm so hesitant to say that anybody's going to be able to to beat the Chiefs or the Bills, and that just feels like it's on a collision course again this year. You know, I like your analogy on the Chiefs and the Bills and having to get by them because I think last year it's like, do I think that the Bengals could have gotten by the Chiefs and the Bills if they had to play them back to back in the playoffs? I don't think so, and I think Baltimore is the same way. I think they could get past the Chiefs or the Bills. But in a situation where they have to get past like both of them in successive weeks, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. No, especially the way that the Chiefs won. Um, it almost it felt to me, and I I remember texting this to friend of the pod David that this felt like the Super Bowl between the Bills and the Chiefs. And when you have a win that feels that monumental, it can be hard to to get ready and and psyched out. And that's what happened with Minnesota when they have the Minneapolis miracle, they beat the saints and it was one of the best finishes in NFL history. But then you have to get ready the next week. And they just weren't that the Eagles had their number. They weren't ready to go in and play in a hostile environment and they got smoked. So I think that if you're talking about running the table and the chiefs are, are the one and two seed, which right now it looks like that's the way it's heading. Um, and you would have to beat those two teams back to back. I just don't see that happening. Good analysis. Good analysis. All right, Alex, third and final opinion. Are the Baltimore Ravens real or no? I don't think they are right now. I think Lamar, he's shown that he can do great things um, and he can put the team on his back, but I just don't think that there are enough weapons on the offense there right now for them to really make a run. And that's, that's honestly all I have to say. They have Lamar right now, and that's about it. Everybody else is either injured or just not not up to par with other AFC teams. 
fair. And that defense, and we haven't even talked about the defense, is suspect AF. Just getting, I mean, albeit lit up by talents, but getting lit up the way they did against Miami earlier in the year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, they had, you know, Ray Lewis was there having to run Oklahoma drills again. <laughs> yeah. Like, fun you can, I just looked up the last five games. Like, they're not even blowing teams out of the water. They're within four, three points. I mean, Tampa Bay was within five points. They're not, really? they're not making a statement, you know, and they're winning by four or three. It's been like Baltimore's MO. I feel like for the last two years, it's like, they'll be in every game and they'll win every game by like a Justin Tucker field goal, no matter who it is. It's like, Hey, yeah. we're playing the Lions, win by three, Justin Tucker. Or we're playing the bills. Okay. win yeah. by three with Justin Tucker. So we're running short a little bit on time here. So I'm going to go around the horn, uh, which let's see, going clockwise for me, it's going to be Sam, Joel, Alex. Final question. Who is going to be in the Super Bowl this year, and what's the final score going to be? Ooh, well, do you want Homer Sam, or do you want uh, Sam Kuyper Jr., Esquire? Why not, Why not both? Okay, well, Homer Sam, you know, the, I don't usually have the, uh, the the lovely opportunity to see the Vikings have the record that they do at 6-1, and one, so I feel like I'm morally obligated to pick them to make the Super Bowl. Plus, talk about earlier Buffalo Mike's head exploding. Imagine the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl and Kirk Cousins leads a game-winning drive to take the lead and to beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. That would be Homer Sam's ideal dream. Um, I think what ends up happening is I think we get Philly. And man, I'm torn about the AFC because... I there there are some times when I'm like man when this Bills offense is is humming I just don't know who who can stop them, um, but other times you saw it against the Packers they were in control of that game so it didn't feel like um, it was ever in question and and no one's really going to look too hard but Josh Allen made some really bad decisions at times and that was always one of my issues with Allen is that he forces some throws because he has a rocket launcher attached to his shoulder and he thinks he can do it and he gets in trouble. And you know what? Mahomes does that too and gets himself in trouble doing the same thing. Um, and you guys have talked at length about the dangers of hero ball. And that's why you need a nice conservative quarterback like Kirk cousins. Who's never going to do, do too much of that. Although that scramble last week was, was Sexy, pretty impressive. I agree. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go bills just because I think that they're going to be at home. Um, I think that it might be one of those games where they're, you know, it's like Peyton against Brady. They Can they finally get over the hump? And I know that your blood is probably boiling being the Brady in this scenario. But I, being being the, the dynastic Patriots, there are worse places to be, I guess, in, in terms of this metaphor. So I'm going to go Bills-Eagles with the Bills winning um, the 31-21. All right. Not a bad estimate. Joel, you're up next. Who's in the Super Bowl? What's the final score? All right. Uh, I hate I hate doing this, but Chiefs and Philly. Uh, I think it's going to be the Kelsey brothers reunion. I, I think Chiefs will handle up with the Bills, and I think the the Chiefs are going to have the AFC, you know, home advantage when it's playoff time. Uh, I was there last year. That's that's a different environment. That that's the crazy environment uh bills the last year they beat us and then we stuck it to them in the playoffs um i think 
Patrick Mahomes is fed up with all the hype around AFCs, the talk about Russ, you know, Herbert, Allen. I think he's going to, he's going to make them eat their words. Um, and then Philadelphia, I want to say Minnesota too, but I can't see Kirk Cousins getting past Philly. I don't, I don't see it. And Philly has too much, too many weapons and that defense, but uh final score is going to be 24, 27. I think it's going to be a close one. Kansas City Chiefs are the Eagles in the Reed and Kelsey Bowl. Alex, who's in the Super Bowl and what's the final score? So we've talked about how the NFC is so all over the place. There, there doesn't really seem to be a big juggernaut other than like the Eagles. So I'm going to say Eagles for the NFC. And then I'm torn between the Chiefs and the Bills because the Colts fan in me really would like to see the Chiefs not make it just because it's just a, it's a love-hate relationship with the Chiefs, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, and I've, I've just, uh, the Chiefs fans have been so mean to me. Other than you guys, I've get, I get so much crap from the Chiefs fans. And um, especially after Andrew Luck's last game in the playoffs in Kansas City when they were throwing snowballs to the Colts fans, it's been, uh, it's been bitter between me and Chiefs fans. But I think that come playoff time, the Chiefs will end up beating the Bills. And I could see them playing the Eagles and beating the Eagles. I'm going to say 35 to 27. All right. I like everybody's Super Bowl bets here. I also like everybody here on this podcast. Alex, Sam, Joel, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast tonight. Uh, this is the most fun we've had during a bye week podcast, I think, in Fountain City Sports Media history. You think so? Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you, fellas. So, uh, we'll definitely call upon you guys later on. I'm sure we're going to have like a Super Bowl preview special at the very least. So For Vikings Bills, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vikings Bills. What was that? You said it was Super Bowl like seven or something like that, right? Yeah. The Vikings Chiefs played Super Bowl four, but uh, the the two 0-4 Super Bowls uh, between the Vikings and Bills have never met or else we wouldn't be where we are. That's right. Good point. Good point. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, thank you for listening to Fountain City Sports Media. We'll have these fellas on ASAP. But until then, sending all of our love to Hot Take Mondo, and we will see you next week to recap the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Peace out. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to get access to premium content, including bonus episodes, exclusive beer reviews, and Speedy and Angry, our latest 10-part miniseries into the Fast and Furious franchise. Check us out on social media at Fountain City SM for info on the podcast, memes, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for performing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Mm-hmm.